I will praise the Lord at all times. May his name always be on my lips. Thank you, Lord. Good evening, friends. Good to be here. As always, I'm, I'm just really excited about what the Lord is doing in and through us. Um, and I just want to encourage us through what we do tonight that uh, be always mindful that the Lord is in control. Even though things seem chaotic and just whirling out of control, God's got it. And he's faithful, so... Uh, I know uh, just talking with so many people this week who are expressing anxiety, uh, even uh, this week, uh, Lord willing, uh, well, this week I got a chance to hang out with the younger folks, the teens, and it was just interesting how, you know, when I asked the question, what are you struggling with? And every single one of them in that room that night express anxiety different areas different uh, effects but anxiety just the same and I just want to encourage us to just be strong be strong in the Lord and uh, I know that he has done is doing and will do great things through each and every one of us be encouraged and when you get to the point where all you can do is stand, stand, and pray. So tonight, uh, Lord willing, we're going to uh, dive into Daniel chapter 11, verses 17 through 34. Daniel chapter 11, verses 17 through 34. Heavenly Father, we're just so thankful for how you blessed us one more time, Father, with the opportunity to come together and uh, encourage and be encouraged by one another to pray for one another and to uh, just uh, be that paraclete, Father, for our friends, our neighbors, and even those who don't know you, Father, may we, be, may we be an encouragement to them as well. So I'm just so thankful for this opportunity to share, and I pray as always that your word will be rightly divided and that hearts and ears will be open to receive what you have for us. And that includes everyone here in this room and those who are watching from afar. So we just give you praise and honor for who you are. And we thank you greatly for whose we are. May you receive the blessings of all that we do and say this day and forevermore. In the name of Jesus, amen. Daniel 11, chapter, 17, uh, chapter 11, uh, verse 17. I just want to take a couple verses back just to give us a, a little bit more context. And uh, last time I got to do this, we talked about, uh, we went through 17 and I just, I'm going to back up um, four verses just for context. Verse 14, Daniel chapter 11. Now in those times, many shall rise up against the king of the south. Also, violent men of your people shall exalt themselves in fulfillment of the vision, but they shall fall. And many Jews were slain, and Israel was on the losing side each time because they were caught in between Egypt and Syria. And so when the battle was going on, a lot of Jews were being slain, um, and it was just a, a really difficult time for them. 
and this calls uh, untold suffering upon that nation. Israel suffered at the hands of both Syria and Egypt as these two nations warred against each other. The land of Palestine was in the middle of the armies of these two nations, and they seesawed back and forth, up and down across the land, and Israel was just devastated. But some of the most glorious episodes of hero, heroism took place during this period. And as we go through this, I know uh, I've got a lot of questions uh, within the last two weeks concerning this, this part of Daniel. Is he talking about Israel or is he talking about America? And, and for those of you who are struggling with that question, uh, I, I just want to challenge you to, to read this in context. He's talking about Israel. And I also challenge you to go through the Bible and tell me where it talks about America. It doesn't, folks. It doesn't. So there's no reason to think that these things that are take, taking place here are referring to America. It is not. Uh, the other thing is, the, the good thing about these particular, this particular part of the gospel is, it is it's between the Testaments and some of these things that you're seeing are futuristic. And we'll talk about that as we go along. So you're seeing some things that say, wait a minute, that's happening now. The answer is yes. Ecclesiastes says nothing new under the sun. And we can see examples of these things that are happening. And they mirror what we're going through today to a great extent. So be mindful that in this context, it's Israel, not America. Verse 15, so the king of the north shall come and build a, a, a siege mound and take a fortified city and the forces of the south shall not withstand him. Even his choice troops shall have no strength to resist. But he who comes against him shall do according to his own will and no one shall stand against him. He shall stand in the glorious land with destruction in his power. Secular history records this victory of Antiochus, Antiochus, the great, Antiochus the Great over Egypt. The glorious land refers to Palestine, which was the scene of much of the warfare. Therefore, though we didn't get into many of the details of this area, it is interesting to note that secular history and sacred prophecy synchronized throughout this entire period of over 125 years. Sacred prophecy and secular history are intertwined in this part of the scripture. Verse 17, he shall also set his face to enter with the strength of his own kingdom and upright ones with him. Thus shall he do, and he shall give him the daughter of women to destroy it. But she shall not stand with him or be for him. This brings us up to 198 to 195 B.C. when Antiochus uh, the Great made a treaty with Egypt and gave his daughter Cleopatra to Ptolemy, Epiphanes to marriage. Verse 18, after this he shall turn his face to the coastlands and shall take many, but a ruler shall bring the reproach against them to an end and with the reproach removed, he shall turn back, turn his back on him. Then he shall turn his face toward the fortress of his own land, 
but he shall stumble and fall and not be found. Verse 20, there shall arise in his place one who imposes taxes on the glorious kingdom, but within a few days he shall be destroyed, but not in anger or in battle. In these coastlands or isles in Greece where Antiochus the Great was beginning to move, and the prince of rule refers to Rome, which was beginning to rise in the west and move towards the east. The Romans took taxes from the Syrian, which was a great, great form of distress for the Syrians because he was taking tax unlawfully. There are many historical details that we will not cover here. And the reason for that is although these details will further reveal the accuracy of this prophetic section, we will, we will not discuss them for the sake of time. There's so much history, so much prophecy here. In order for us to cover it, or a great portion of it, we could be here till we'll be here longer than five minutes extra. So we're just going to just uh, just touch on some of the things that that are that we feel are are important for us to learn from this this uh, this message. It is remarkable that this was given to Daniel when it was still in the future. And that's what we're talking about. It has since come to pass with amazing accuracy. As we read this, we'll see the things that, that, that Daniel was shown and how accurate they are to this day. And that, with some of us, is a confusion as to what is he really talking about here. Because we see these things and we say, well, that's happening now. That's happening now. That's happening now. It was futuristic. And then we just need to focus on what is going on here and now and then let the day take care of itself. Let this period take care of itself. This, sec this section is concerned primarily with one king, one king of the line of Selechidae, Antiochus Epiphanes, who was this, this one king. And some believe this portion of scripture to be a direct uh, reference to Antiochus Epiphanes. And some believe it is also typifies the Antichrist. And the reason for that is prophecy does fit both of them, but it also fits what it calls the man of sin who is yet to come. The man of sin who is yet to come. They are both very similar in many ways. Uh, Antiochus of Epiphany came to the throne in 175 BC. He is called vile. He was referred to as vile in the scripture. And this was because of his blasphemies. Now, these blasphemies, as we, as we will find out in a few minutes, are not what we typically think of when we think of what he did. Uh, he came to power with a program of peace. This same program will bring the Antichrist to power. The Antichrist will come to power with a program of peace. And for those who are not in Christ, those who don't yet know Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior, will buy in. And this is the message that we got this morning from our pastor. They're going to buy in. Oh, that sounds really great. In Revelation 6-2, it says, And I looked, and behold, a white horse who, who sat on it had a bow, and a crown was given to him, and he went out conquering and to conquer. And this Antiochus Epiphanes was a deceiver and a flatterer. So was the Antichrist. So those similarities just continue to go down the line. How this just falls in line. And, and 
some of us, we look at that and we think of the Antichrist as either coming or already here and think that he's talking about today. He is not in this context talking about today. But he can, depending on how you look at it. But for, in this text, he's talking about that, but it's very futuristic, as, as stated earlier. Verse 22, with the force of a flood, they shall be swept away from before him and be broken. And also the prince of the covenant, we'll talk about who that is. And after the league is made with him, he shall act deceitfully. For he shall come up and become strong with a small number of people. And we've heard about another man. This is not referring to him. And that was Alexander the Great. He did tremendous things with a small number of people. Because they were quick, efficient. But again, this is not him in this, in this what we're talking about now. Hmm. He shall enter peaceful, peaceably even into the richest places of the province, and he shall do what his fathers have not done, nor his forefathers. He shall disperse among them the plunder, spoil, and riches, and he shall devise his plans against the strongholds, but only for a time. Only for a time. And the prince of the covenant was Onias III, the high priest, who was disposed and murdered by deceitful devices. Antiochus Epiphanes came to power by deceitful devices. What does it profit a man to gain the world and lose his soul? Verse 25, he shall serve his power and his courage against the king of the south with a great army. And the king of the south shall be stirred up to battle with a very great and mighty army. But he shall not stand, for they shall devise plans against him. Can we compare that to the day? The answer is a definite yes. Yes, those who eat of the portion of the delicacies shall destroy him. His army shall be swept away and many shall fall down slain. Verse 27. Both these kings' hearts shall be bent on evil and they shall speak lies at the same table. But it shall not prosper. For the end will still be at the appointed time. No weapon against us shall prosper. But it does not say no weapon will be formed against us. It will be. It is being formed against us. But it will not prosper. The gates of hell shall not prevail. Verse 28. While returning to his land with great riches, his heart shall be moved against the holy covenant, so he shall do damage and return to his own land. These verses, uh, verse uh, 25 to 28, describe the campaign of Antiochus and his victory over the king of Egypt, which brought him much riches and power. In the part where it says, and they speak lies at the same table, shows he is an unreliable liar. He's an unreliable liar. It also reveals that the conference table of the United Nations has already been tried by men whose words and treaties are indeed, and one uh, Bible scholar call it a scrap of paper. That's what it's like. They're like a scrap of paper. But I personally, I would call a pile of dung. 
See what I see, Apollo Dong. We get at this table and we'll say whatever it is that we need to say to, to gain whatever we want to gain. And that's, it makes reference to the United Nations. And these men have already tried these words and treaty are indeed a scrap of paper. It's nothing. Uh, no one's reliable anymore. I don't know if they ever were, but now they're not. There's no reliability in anything. These men and women are willing to say whatever it takes to foster their, their concern. Verse 29. At the appointed time, he shall return and go towards the south, but it shall not be like the former or the latter. Verse 30. For ships from Cyprus shall come against him. Therefore, he shall be grieved and return in rage against the holy covenant and do damage. So he shall return and show regard for those who forsake the holy covenant. Antiochus' second campaign in Egypt was a failure because of the navy of Rome. And, and it was called the ships of Chittim. And they came in and they just uh, they took care of business. So his second campaign was an absolute failure. And he breaks the covenant with Israel and some of the Jews because some of the Jews betrayed their own people. Do we see that today? The answer is yes. We see it today where our own people, even those who use the name Christian, Christianity, are just as prone to lie and steal and deceive as anyone else. So it's, it's an umbrella that they use a cover because some of us buy into the fact that he says he's a Christian, so he must be. He wouldn't lie, would he? The answer is yes, he would. Absolutely. To gain whatever he wants. Verse 31. And forces shall be mustered by him, and they shall defile the sanctuary fortress. Then they shall take away the daily sacrifices and place there the abomination of desolation. Now this abomination of, of desolation we're definitely going to discuss because, as I said, it, it's probably not what we would normally hear about what that is. Antiochus came against Jerusalem in 170 B.C., at which time over 100,000 people were slain. He took away the daily sacrifice from the temple. He offered the blood and broth of a swine upon the altar. He set up an image of Jupiter to be worshipped in the holy place. This, however, was not the abomination that maketh desolate, to which the Lord referred to in Matthew 24, 15 and Mark uh, 13, 14. Matthew 24, 15 says, Therefore, when you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet standing in the holy place, whoever reads, let him understand. Mark 13, 14 says, So when you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet, standing where it ought not, let the reader understand, then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. And this, this I, I just, when I read this, it, it, it's, it has an effect on my heart because how someone can get to the point where they're so against our Lord and Savior, that they're willing to take all the opposite positions of what he's called us to do or call us not to do. And I just got to repeat it. He took away the daily sacrifice from the temple. He offered the blood and broth of swine upon the altar. 
and he set up an image of Jupiter to be worshipped in the holy place. How sad, how tragic. And the Lord Jesus uh, referred to that which was yet future, abominations con connected with the Antichrist mentioned in Daniel 12:11, And the abomination set up by Antiochus provides the clue to the one which Antichrist will set up. The first was an idol and a total rejection of the blood of a lamb for sin. <laughs> Daniel 12, 11 says, And from the time that the daily sacrifice is taken away and the abomination of desolation is set up, there shall be 1,290 days. Very specific, very accurate. The image of the first beast set up in the holy place will be the abomination referred to by the Lord Jesus. He also made an obvious distinction when he added, Whoso readeth, let him understand. And when we read this, let's understand what really took place here. This was total disregard for the things of God. Total. And how someone can be so callous. But it's easy for us to say as Christians, because we want to trust him, we want to believe him, we want to do things by his word, by his will, by his way. And to see something like this was just, just totally opposite of what the Lord would have us to be or do. It really breaks your heart. And let's not just think that this happened during Daniel's time. My friends, it's happening as we sit here, as we stand here tonight. And, you know, I say when I read this, how it really affects my heart. But to see some of these things taking place on a daily basis, a weekly basis, a monthly basis, a yearly basis, it, uh, it really, really does a number. But I got to remember, we have to remember that God is in charge. And sometimes we, uh, we become weary and well-doing because we want to do something. We want to jump in and, and, and correct these atrocities. And if that's not what the Lord called you to do, then uh, don't. If the Lord does call you to take a stand for righteousness, then by all means, don't hesitate. But we have to be very careful because now we're acting in the flesh. And in my experience, I found out that a lot of times nothing good comes out of that. You may, it may not be the same situation with you, but we have to be very careful what plow we put our hands to. He may not have called us to put our hands to that particular plow. So let's just be careful. Let's just be prayerful in where the Lord would have us. Verse 32 says, Those who do wickedly against the covenant, he shall corrupt with flattery, but the people who know their God shall be strong and carry out great exploits. The people who know their God shall be strong and carry out great exploits. All things are possible with the Lord. Just know that you are locked into the ministry that he has given you. We're all different. Uh, and we just have to know. We just don't want to just do things just because that's what our flesh is calling us to do. That's my caution to all of us. No exceptions. There were, though there were a few Jews who enacted the role of Judas, there were many who knew God. 
and were strong in the faith. God raised up the family of the Maccabees in uh, 166 B.C. Matthias, the priest, raised a revolt against the blasphemy. He was called the Maccabee or the Hammer. So uh, Jimmy, the Hammer Messiah, did not uh, come up with his name originally. So the Hammer, the Maccabee. Verse 33, and those are the people who understand shall instruct many, yet for many days they shall fall by sword and flame, by captivity and plundering. Now when they fall, they shall be aided with a little help, but many shall join with them by intrigue. This period between the Testaments, uh, this is a period between the Testament is a saga of suffering. There were many in this period who served God faithfully and courageously. Some served as a Gideon. Some served as a David. Some served as an Elijah. Some served as a Jeremiah. And some served as a Daniel. How are you serving? How are you serving our God? Are you being obedient to what he's calling you for, to? Are you being obedient to what he's calling you from? We have to be very careful uh, that you know, we don't allow ourselves to get pulled in by deception. And the, the thing that I, I like saying, the problem with deception is you don't know you're being deceived. You look back, 2020 hindsight, and you say, what was I thinking? And the problem is, for the most part, you weren't thinking. You were allowing someone to tell you what to think or something. And we, all of us, are, we have temptations that, that cause us to step off the curve from time to time. And so what we need to do is be prayerful about, Lord, am I close to you. Draw me close to you. Draw me close. I, you, we got to be near. Well, I can worship him from afar. Oh, can you, Peter? Really? We need to be careful about how we just allow the things that, that pacify our flesh to be the things that lead us. And we're all subjected to that. Prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the one I love. And this is where we have to be careful that we don't allow ourselves to be pulled in by these things, by the, 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 the desires of the flesh. And again, even on our best day, you know, we can be that 99, we can be part of that 99, or we can be that one. And I'm, as I look around the room, I, I want to think that we've all been that one. And we've all been a part of that 99. The question is, where did you spend the majority of your time? Do you spend most of your time being that one that he's got to come and pull back? Perhaps break your leg? Or whatever he has to do? Is that you? Are you the one that, that's, I won't say comfortable, because it's really not about comfort. Just staying in the, in the herd, staying in that 99 being obedient, being submissive, uh, being about our Father's business. Where are you? Where are we? And where are we as a church? Are we about our Father's business? 
And you have to answer that for yourself. What do you see? Do you see us going astray? Or do you see us being obedient to where the Lord is calling us today? Are you that Gideon? Are you that David? Are you that Elijah? Are you that Jeremiah? Are you that Daniel? And, you know, fill in the blank. Who are you? Whose are you? And those are the kind of questions that we need to answer. And the Lord is really, really looking for us to take care of things. That's why he left us. That's why he sent the Holy Spirit, that paraclete, to to come beside us and, and instruct, guide, encourage. I just want to challenge each and every one of us to be very prayerful. Lord, what would you have me to do? Where would you have me to go? And when he's calling you today, go today. If he's calling you tomorrow, he'll wait until tomorrow to tell you that. And, and again, when I read this, the, the, the challenge for me is to what not to talk about. And it's very difficult, but I don't know if the details is really going to help if your heart is not right with the Lord. There's so many details that go with this, that go with this, this particular. And actually, uh, Daniel 10, 11, and 12 could be just one message. But I don't believe, not saying that it's impossible, that I can get through 54 verses in one night. Well, not an hour. This. Some can. I, I, that's not my heart. My heart is to keep the word simple. I'm a simple man. And I do things, I try to do things simply. But just to get in there with a whole lot of detail, that this, I mean, for those who are able to do that, God bless them. But to me, it has to be basic. Because the details don't really encourage me uh, for the most part, I care about them. Don't misunderstand me. But to sit here and try and convey all of this information to you, it would be information overload. And I know that. So this is going to be short tonight on purpose because I, what the Lord has put on my heart uh, within the last month or so, get to Daniel and then I'm going to take you to another book. Don't know what that is yet. Been praying about it. And I, I have my preference, but I'm not going to share that with you guys tonight. I want to see what he says, talk to the other guys and see where they're going. And uh, if he says, okay, go for it, then I want to. But I'm really excited about what he's taught me through this. And the, in addition to that, on a personal note, the challenges that, that he's, uh, he's given me uh, because of the environment that I'm in right now um, this is going to sound really strange, but I never thought I could dislike anybody. You know, until, you know, there were a couple of people who he put in front of me, literally. And I asked myself, have you ever met Will Rogers? For you younger people among us, Will Rogers said, I've never met a man I didn't like. And that really concerned me because I was, at this advanced age, I'm, I'm, in an arena that 
I'm really struggling with because of the, the abrasiveness, the, the boldness, the dislike for the, this Jesus that we serve. And I find myself getting an attitude, disliking people. And that's, that's I want to say that's not me, but I'm finding out that maybe it is. So I'm really struggling and basically I'm asking for prayer with this. I really am. Because uh, it just draws out emotions, the flesh in me. And again, it's, it's new, it's different. And I'm thinking, I didn't know I was capable of having these type of emotions, negative emotions concerning people. And uh, the Lord said, I, I need to teach you this. I'm teaching you this now because I'm preparing you for some things where you're going to be even more challenged than you are right now. And so I, I think of us, you know, the guys that I get to serve with here and uh, how they're all prayer warriors and prayer warriors are my favorite people. And I mean that sincerely. I, I just I love prayer because I know there's power in prayer. I know that prayer changes things. And it's just such a blessing to be here, to, to do this. And uh, normally I don't like to talk about those things, but that's another thing that he's teaching me. There's nothing that I need to hide from my brothers and sisters. Nothing. Uh, you know, I can say, yeah, I'm doing great. But he, sometimes he'll challenge me. Are you really? Have you asked someone to pray with you? Have you asked someone to pray for you? Well, no, but. No, there's no but. You have not. So do you consider that being obedient? Do you consider that being about your father's business when you're struggling and you're not sharing with your sisters and brothers? Well, see what happened. No, no, share, share, share. And I know that these guys are more than willing more than glad to be able to pray with, pray for, and encourage, and be encouraged by one another. And yet, I hold back. Now, some of you might have heard this word. I've heard it a few times. It's called pride. Yeah, really. Not, never heard it. No, not me. But it's an issue. And I know that it's something that we all go through. It's not gender related. And uh, it has nothing to do with your worldly status. It can be prevalent in anyone at any time. And so that's what the Lord showed me. And so all I'm saying here and now is continue to pray for me. Uh, just because I got a badge doesn't mean I'm immune to these things, the things of the world. I'm not immune to the spirit saying, I got the, uh, this flesh, I'm sorry, saying I got this. Not immune to that. So that's my plea, and that's my message for tonight. Lord, help. And I know he wants to. But he says, Richard, you don't receive because you don't ask. And when you do ask, you ask a mess. Wait a minute, I've heard this before. Yeah. And never applied to myself. So now I am. So you, you've heard my, my heart. You've heard what the Lord's doing. And I know it's not about me. I'm not alone in this. Um, 
it's a great challenge. But as I started off talking about, great is his faithfulness. Whatever you're dealing with, no matter how small you consider it, no, how to, no matter how big you consider it, I'm all over it. And he is. He's given me proof. And sometimes I just shake my head and say, Lord, I believe, but I just need a little help with my unbelief. And it's a challenge. It's a challenge for me, so I know that there's no one here who's hearing this that can't relate to that. No one. Father, we just thank you for this time together, and we just pray, Father, that if it be your will, that you would just continue to pour out your Holy Spirit on us, Father. And I pray that you would just fill us to overflowing, overflowing and that, that, that think that what you pour into us, Father, there'd be so much flowing out that we'll be able to give it away to others. So I'm just so thankful for uh, how you blessed us tonight. And I pray that if there was even one word that was spoken that discouraged my sister or my brother, Father, that you would just erase it now, Father. So thank you for this opportunity to share, uh, to share your word, to share my heart. And I just pray, Father, that uh, we, would, uh, we would be united in your word. So I thank you, Lord, for what you're doing. And I know you're, you're going to do so much more. I just pray that we would be obedient to follow that path that you set before us. That we would not waver. We would not give in. We would be strong. We would be courageous. We would be people of valor in every situation, Father knowing that our God is with us. So have your way. May you be encouraged. May we be encouraged by every word. And may we honor you, Father, in every word that we speak and every deed that we do throughout this day, this night, and forevermore. In the name of Jesus, our soon returning King. Amen, amen, and amen. God bless you guys. Thank you for listening.